0: Hello and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we put ketchup on lima beans like the kings and queens of Europe as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, the Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 113th episode of the series, Ed Tide.
1: I mean, I don't don't know about you, but I don't eat lima beans or ketchup, really.
0: (laughs) I love lima beans, but I don't like ketchup.
1: (laughs) Got it. Well, lima beans and soup, probably, right? Or do you eat a plate? Of, of course. One? Both.
0: Uh, anytime oh, okay. the lima well, yeah, bean both, yeah. <laughs> All right. Got it.
1: Got it. Got it. Maybe I should try it again. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, this is, you know, here we've got, you know, we've got a lot of ebb tides. This is the first one. Um, you know, ebb tide is defined as a period of state or state of decline, which I think is really interesting to, like, use as, you know, the device, I guess, of, like, the framing of these. Yeah. Um, very shakespearean yeah yeah exactly it's really kind of interesting um but like many of the sort of depressive episodes on the surface you know i i didn't re-watch this one quite as much so I forget a lot of like the really funny lines peppered throughout mostly about the citrus blade. (laughs) Mostly I absolutely forgot the amount of money that they spend on the replacement one, um, which is really fascinating to me, but anyway, getting ahead of myself. I, (laughs) I, I really, I like this one. I, you know, anything, anytime we have a Blanche family reflection, it's always, it's always deep and
0: very good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I obviously I avoid this anytime I see Euphoria on like the Hulu stream. I just yeah, like, breeze right by it. Um, but I I do feel like the B story in this one is so so funny, and there's so many funny lines. Yeah, about the plate, about like the 35 year old Blanche Devereaux. Of course, that's like such an iconic exchange. Um, I
1: know. And when like I was a watching it,
0: Why? Anyway. <laughs> When I was watching it like those were my my two sort of i my notes for this one are actually really long um the, my two sort of big takeaways is that I think it's really well done like I think like the grief and then also Blanche being so mad at Virginia who I think is being a real dick yeah. which we'll, we'll get into oh um, absolutely that, that she won't go I think is like also very in line with the character and, and understandable. And Dorothy's just like such a good friend, um, you know, by like kind of insisting that she go and, and like, you know, Blanche's initial reaction is denial, which I also think is really interesting. And it comes up again yes. when she's like, if I go to that funeral, he's dead. You know, like it's, um, uh-huh. I think it's a really, really thorough depiction of grief um, and like sort of initial response, which is a uh, tough, tough to watch but um i mean you know room McClanahan was just incredible incredible in this one
1: oh yeah oh yeah and this show does grief really really well every time we see it come up it's absolutely reflective of like a different type of grief response and like if anybody's ever lost anyone, like, you know, that so many people have so many different kinds of reactions and they also try to police other people's reactions. Right. And we see this when we, when we see Ebtai's revenge, right. When we, when we deal with the death of Phil later in the series, um, people are really commenting on how Sophia is reacting. Right. And it's just like, it's really fascinating. So I think like the judgment of virginia is really fascinating when with your point about how blanche reacts with denial but also at the same time she has you know what we were just joking about which is the lima beans
0: oh uh, so sad
1: where she immediately starts um just like peppering him into conversation right like that's another response like there's it's just really really fascinating and i think if you if you haven't gone through like weird reactions even not even just for other people for yourself right sometimes like it really surprises you the way that you deal with death and um it's really I just think the show does such a great job and you know Blanche takes us on such a ride uh throughout the entire thing and Dorothy especially does exactly what she should be doing is just sort of standing by for when her friend does need her because eventually she will you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The the Lime Beans breakdown really, really gets me because she verbally, oh. you know, like she says when she says, Why didn't I go? It's just like so heartbreaking. And it's like the thing is, which is why I think Virginia is such a dick, is like Blanche is queen of a ball. It's the highlight of this weekend that's full of events where nobody can get a hotel room. So it's a it is a big deal. Um, I also want to say she's, she's chairing the paper, a charity for ball. Saying. Exactly. It's like a big, big deal. So she can afford a $5,000 roof because, as we know, chairing a charity ball requires a financial commitment. But anyway, um, <laughs> but you know, like she wasn't, she didn't get the impression that it was urgent to go. And I think that Blanche nice. would have absolutely gone if she had. And if Virginia lives there in Atlanta, she saw how sick big daddy was. Like she couldn't call her. Last time she called Glenn, she wanted a GD organ. Like, come on. But also like, to your point, right? Like she wouldn't
1: have made it there anyway. He called to ask her to come down for the weekend. And even if he was calling like on Thursday for like the Friday weekend, like he died the day after their phone conversation. Right. (laughs) You know, it's like, even if she was like on her way, like for a casual weekend, because clearly again, big daddy nor anyone else implied anything was imminent that she would, she might have missed it. Like she might've missed him anyway. So like, what is your fucking problem? Anyway. Yeah. I, I just, I don't like that logic because again, the timeline doesn't work too, to your point. It's like a big event in a paper. Like this is actually a thing. It's not like she's just like sitting home, like, you know, having a regular watching an i like lucy marathon or something you know i mean like right. there's like <laughs> it's just really like it's a big fucking deal there's only five commemorative plates that they make you know it's a big yeah. deal yeah
0: they can't get a room people can't get a room people are flocking to miami so for deal. these conventions um it's the early airbnb yeah back in st. olaf <laughs> 1850 <laughs> <laughs>
1: I fucking love that line. It makes absolutely no sense. That includes a cow. Well, why
0: would you want a cow in the room? What's well, the law? And just like, okay, obviously. <laughs> and Dorothy's so funny because, like, she's like, "All right, Rose, why? Yeah, all right, Rose, I'll
1: last. <laughs> I'll bite." She's got a birthday coming up. What the hell? Um the uh so all right before when when rose is actually i'm sorry when blanche is actually talking with big daddy in the not at all imminent i'm not dying or sick or anything um (laughs) conversation i love that we we do the twice joke again like immediately but it's so funny because like rose looks at blanche because in this like super uncomfortable face because like she's like blanche is talking to her father about like sleeping with a guy (laughs) it's like it's perfect from coming from rose especially where she's just like oh my word
0: (laughs) yeah totally
1: (laughs) um also i want to point out and it's also explained i looked it up but it's explained of course in matt browning's fabulous definitive golden girls cultural reference guide um when dorothy answers the phone and she goes it's for you leona (laughs) <laughs> they were just talking about um, you know, like charging tenants and Rose's rent is late. And, you know, they were talking about just like people <laughs> them living in Blanche's house, right? And like, um being tough so that's a reference to leona helmsley who was referred to as the queen of mean she was like a businesswoman real estate mogul and she got taken down for income tax evasion in 1989 and she's known for tyrannical behavior you know it was a sensationalist trial but it was happening at this time like of the episode airing like it's a super uh fresh reference right again like with the uh, like we talked about with the uh, Switched to birth, you know, being like a current story, like the writers this season, especially are really being like, all right, this is what is exciting. People really, people are watching the golden girls and watching TV. They're in tune. Like they're going to get these references. So it's just like an understated, like it's for you, Leona, but it's, it's really good. It's a really good match to the time.
0: Yeah. I'd really like to read about the evolution of TV as a whole, like working in pop cultural references, because like they do that a little bit. Um, but this is sort of, also, I think it's probably in tandem with the rise of sensationalized news because like, yeah, oh, they, yeah. um, they're, uh, on Leona, uh, Hemsley's Wikipedia, there's a line where her housekeeper, I guess, heard her say, um, we don't pay taxes, only the little people pay taxes, oh, which right, yeah, is yeah. exactly what, you know, Blanche is sort of like, Dorothy's sort of kind of hurling at Blanche here. Um, but yeah, there's, there's many more of those, uh, I feel like in this season and the, the, um, seasons to come than there are in the beginning of the series.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. They've, they've been, they've been leaning on that. Um, can I, can I skip ahead actually to two more references from Matt Browning's book? Because... Yeah, please. <laughs> because it's like, it's just, they're riddled with them here. Um, where, where, you know, in the, the rude scene, but also still funny because we get to have a Blanche, uh, at blanche's expense rather than at Dorothy's expense physical joke is um <laughs> the fat fat water rat like Dorothy says the rhyme like it's funny because it's like it's actually i always thought that it was just like made up for the show right like pretending that this was something but it actually is like a weird like schoolyard taunt dating as far back as the 1930s mm. he says, which is fabulous um, and then when we're back, you know, at home and <laughs> Sophia's having her Airbnb crew uh, and she walks in from the living room singing like Inky Pinky Parley Vu, <laughs> um, which is hilarious. It's like, it's this um, Mademoiselle from Amentiere. I, I don't know how to pronounce French, not like a <laughs> Spanish accent, but you know, look it up. Um, an English song that's like popular during World War One, And mm. it- <laughs> if you it was supposed to be like a like inky pinkies like a scottish children's name phrase but it's supposed to be like it's like actually much more lewd like all mm. of the lyrics so anyway look it up uh on the internet it's it's a very lewd uh soldier like song that they sang while they were marching which is really fascinating <laughs> but
0: yeah they, they love a war song
1: had to call that out <laughs> oh yeah i mean absolutely over there yep so <laughs> all right so should we should we go to atlanta
0: yeah we should go to atlanta um well did we talk about the plate
1: oh well this let's talk about the plate? plate
0: we must let's talk about the plate yes only at graceland what do you have um, to say about it it's just like, <laughs> i love the dick at the end when she's like just what the, is the this? ridiculous the the
1: ridiculousness <laughs> i know oh my gosh two thousand dollars so great
0: so so silly but you know um the thing I wanted to say about this is my uh I recently started doing some more work at my job different work and so I'm seeing budgets and receipts and stuff and uh, I, I'm,
1: I'm happy you clarified different work because you're just I recently started this working more at my job yeah. like I felt like
0: it <laughs> no no I got a anyway, different sorry. job but anyway so now I'm seeing like receipts and stuff and I uh we had our award ceremony and the cost of these awards is so astronomical you know it's like they're like basically trophies um and I so I I guess my point is like two thousand dollars for a rare sort of like heirloom item of this type of event isn't out of the question even now I feel um and so like you know like okay she wants to preserve it like you know I guess you get that if you're the chair and only the five people on the committee get them so um I just want to say I don't think it's that sort of out of the the possibility of uh, I don't think it's that unrealistic to have a $2,000 plate
1: I think you're right I think you're right but like the commemoration of like I don't know and this is like a thing people used to do especially of like yeah these women's ages grandmother's ages of like collecting plates where she's (laughs) so like invested in it
0: but don't put it in the cupboard where your illegal borders will take it like why is it that's my question is why is it in a place where Peter and Maddie can get to it
1: (laughs) Yeah, it needs to have that annoying like wire clip thing where you attach it to the wall, right? You know? Yeah, like, exactly. Shady... I know. And... <laughs> the yeah. same it's as- it to um, be next to the, uh, the ceremonial- the uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was just going to say, wouldn't a gravy boat work in a pinch? Um... <laughs>
0: Why are these in this with the eating plates? Move them. <laughs> I, uh, seriously. Oh my God.
1: Um, I do want to point out that, you know, so um, esteemed Golden Girls fan, as well as- um artist uh alan Rone um has this um etsy store called everyday miniatures and he actually has made a prop replica of the citrus festival plate so everybody ah, should check yes. that out if you do want one for for your own house or two if you want to break two of them um <laughs> whether or not you keep
0: it where everybody eats Unless you're going through a period of personal evolution and you need to yes, reflect it,
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly, it's pretty great. So he's got a lot of other good things on there, but I just specifically remember like that that was pretty clutch that he remade. Yeah, the <laughs> it's great. Moving piece of art. Um, i know exactly but yeah it's like the the attachment and like just the guy that like extorts them at the end it's really it's really perfect i mean what a good score 1700
0: bucks holy shit it reminds me of time because i want um, it oh my god
1: (laughs) exactly because (laughs) all right you got me oh my god seriously seriously actually let's check this out here let's do an inflation tool we've got in 1989 we've got seven oh, well today it's gonna be like four thousand dollars four thousand dollars that's a lot of fucking money you know any plates you could buy with that even today yeah. at ikea
0: bide inflation anyway. <laughs> just kidding the president does not control inflation for the love of god anyway I
1: mean, For fucking real anyway um i will also point out that citrus plate dude is uh he appears later in the pope's ring episode as the priest
0: yes 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 yes. if he looks familiar to anybody coming to the door with some news (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly
1: (laughs) oh man all right well let's go to atlanta to the house that big daddy supposedly sold to go on tour Mm -hmm. i'm very confused
0: collinsworth (laughs) manor
1: what a fucking set, though, man! Wow, I know they really did it. I I was very impressed. It like looks perfectly the part. It was great.
0: Yeah, that mood board transition to like real set decoration <laughs> was pretty incredible. It's like exactly what I feel like you picture. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: you know and Dorothy gets a nice brooklyn plug in for like making you know talking about southern tradition of making out with your cousin like it's that's oh, great it's and blanche
0: really does it she doesn't even she's like oh yeah that's right i, I sneak off
1: like straight up straight up so amazing so amazing Ugh. um i really so you know we've already talked about how virginia is really kind of a dick here which is so disappointing because you know she when we do see her when she's um asking for the kidney transplant like she's actually totally reasonable and calm and you know she's like she's not at all what blanche is making her out to be to us before we meet her but like now it's funny because now you're like all right here's the drama right it's almost like this like it's not quite the holly thing because holly is just like thoroughly terrible but it's one of those things where you're like oh you complained about this family member all the time they seem perfectly fine you're like yeah but you don't know them right (laughs) So like, it doesn't mean that she can't have nice moments. It's just that like, where were you, Blanche? He wanted you. Like, that is such a shitty thing to say. Like I said before, even if she actually did like skip like a a warning that he was going to die, right? Like,
0: it's
1: it's just really shitty to put that on someone when they're down there for the funeral. Like, take it up with them later, man. Don't do this right now. Like, just bury your goddamn dad.
0: Right, and I feel like maybe it's a little mis- place and actually um so so good we named it did like a live Twitter thing um a couple weeks ago at this point and yeah. they we Barrett and I sort of <laughs> debated about this because he felt like Virginia is grieving and she's upset and she's emotional, which is fair. fair. But yeah. also like I still think you know like we were talking about um last episode or a couple episodes back about like wanting to always side with the girls and it's not hard for me here like blanche like you said like if virginia when virginia says he wanted you why didn't anyone call her like why didn't virginia or charmaine call blanche be like uh he's really sick i think you should come and i do think yeah. that's a choice Clayton, i don't think damn it. she's close yeah to where's, Clayton. Clayton? where's Doug? Um... <laughs> Doug's not you, allowed at Hollingsworth. No, he's sure not. Um, his friend from Unless the military. He's a cab driver. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I just I think that it's a choice by the family not to have relayed the urgency to Blanche because, like you said, he died the next day. So, it, and he didn't die fighting an oil rig fire in the Gulf of Mexico, right? Like he was sick. <laughs> so, <laughs> somebody could have conveyed that, I think, and it, it feels right, just a right. little. I'm sure it wasn't meant to be manipulative but a little um inconsiderate and like you know not not nice and now to to attack her for her not getting the gravity of the situation when it wasn't conveyed to her I think is where my issue really is with Virginia and like yeah you're right like you don't need to Mm -hmm. kick her when she's fucking down like give it a minute well
1: i think it's just it's just like yeah like there there is the logistical issue of the communication which is the biggest point but also just the idea of like what i was saying before of like how people process grief so differently and it's like virginia is entitled to be mad at blanche no whether or not it is mm-hmm. logical or valid but like putting it on blanche and compounding her guilt and grief that she's already feeling um it, when it's really not warranted or necessary in that moment she just fucking got there man like it's just like yeah it it is it is virginia's way of grieving to like blame someone else because that's what happens in this mm-hmm. dysfunctional family but like it's just not fair and i think i i've also been in these situations where it's like there's like grief competition and i I, am sure virginia feels shitty when she you know she goes he wanted you i'm sure she feels shitty that she's like but dad i'm here like why are you talking about blanche who's not here who never is here you know according to her kind of thing i'm sure there's a lot of baggage there but it's also just like you can't you can't put your grief on other people. You can't police the way other people are grieving exactly, um, or how they react, you know? And it's like, you can be fucking disappointed. You certainly can, but I just don't think it's like, it just doesn't seem like there's it's necessary at this particular moment
0: (laughs) to verbalize that. The mayor should point at Virginia.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. Seriously. (laughs) Oh God. Um, Okay, so then her and Dorothy, Lanche and Dorothy sit down, they're looking for the photo albums, right? You know, and that's the fat, fat water rat, all that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. It's it's really actually kind of fascinating because there's, a, there's like, Blanche has a moment where she sort of like laughs along with Dorothy and she's like, okay, enough. And then she's like, all right, I was fat. I could say it. And like, the rue is incredible in that scene. I almost think like that scene matches her confessional at the end when she's talking to the grave because yeah. like- if you just watch that scene again where she sort of like laughs it off and like gets a little comfortable it's actually a really lovely moment between her and one of her best friends of like when you can do some like good-natured ribbing but like you know there's like this (laughs) almost role reversal between them as well so that's part of the joke as well as like Blanche is pretty vulnerable and Dorothy is also just kind of like having a giggle. Like there's a lot going on there, I think. And it's like, you just have to watch Rue McClanahan's face and her reactions. It just feels so natural. She just is Blanche in that moment. Like she's just, it doesn't feel like acting, I guess is my point. It doesn't feel like she's reading a line. It feels like two friends are sitting together just like having a good
0: time and it's, it's yeah. actually
1: it's really lovely I like
0: it's that. so subtle which i think is like yeah i have that same note that, that that scene is just as strong and she's just so such an incredible actress um always but but in this one it, it really shines yeah. um and i think also this is another point of like dorothy being such a good friend because like dorothy can read that she can make fun of like you know, you have to know when to insert humor. And I think even at something like you're going to your father's funeral, like, I feel like the way that we talk about these events is like, you go, you go to the funeral, you come home, but like the time that you're at the house or like you're in the car or like, you know, those, that actually is, I feel the worst times. And so I think if you can have somebody there, who's like, "Oh, look at you, you little porker, like it's funny and it lightens the whole experience in that tiny little moment um and obviously like you know that tender moment isn't going to help blanche or isn't going to make blanche feel better than her father's dead, but it will make her feel better in that space which i think is really all you can do and i think is your job as a friend and dorothy just repeatedly in this one is an incredibly good friend to blanche which is an exact sort of opposite of how blanche is to her in the chronic fatigue syndrome often, episode yeah. Ex- yes oh <laughs> you're often, right yeah
1: you're right exactly yeah you're so right um okay <laughs> let's like let's bounce back for a moment to airbnb, <laughs> <Sophia's> <laughs> airbnb. <laughs> yeah i it's another you know like bacon lettuce and potato moment with like this rose getting strung along because sophia is just so evil but like rose does put up a bit of a fight you know like with, a little bit she's yeah like, trying to be like i hate lying you know what i mean but she still gets manipulated into it which is really fucking funny i love when she's <laughs> first of all when Bland, I'm sorry, when, when Sophia like calls her, she just goes, what a tool. I know, <laughs> I never, right? That... I never remembered that line. I like, it's just like, it was like I was hearing it for the very first time ever. It was amazing. So good, And it made me, it made me crack up because like, I don't know, using tool like as, as an insult feels more modern to me than this time (laughs) me too um, yeah really fucking funny right well it's funny like at least what was it probably like 10 years after this moment uh (laughs) i was graduating high school and um, my valedictorian for my high school uh did a speech like where the analogy was that we were all tools in the shed of our high school (laughs) like totally non ironically like totally did not know that like she was calling everyone who graduating tools and i just like anytime i hear that insult it just makes me crack up because i was like this is the best send-off from high school ever it's like the smartest getting class calling us all tools (laughs) (laughs) so i particularly enjoyed that just because it always takes me back um but another moment of like the manipulation which is just really great for rose the character to do is when sophia's like I'm in church <laughs> so when she's yeah. whispering on the phone to Dorothy and she goes, she's in church. <laughs> it feels like, like my toddler, my two and a half year old, like sometimes will you know, we'll be like, Hey, tell, you know, your grandma this. And then she'll look at us. Like, what do you mean? Like, tell us, tell what, and then we'll whisper what we want her to say. And then she'll whisper <laughs> it to the grandma. You very know, it's, childlike, like, it's, so yeah. cute. it's very childlike. It's just really very perfect for, uh, for Rose in that moment.
0: Yeah. I mean, first of all, I think this is the best get rich quick idea. It's actually a very good idea considering, um, you know, nobody can yeah. get a room. Um, and I, Sophia and Rose is such a great pairing because of, of all of that. And I, even like, I love the phone scene. I love at the end when Sophia writes the script. Um, and you know, she, she knows how to present it to Rose. She's like, you be Rose, why don't I be Sophia? And then, like, Benny White just does such a good job with like this deadpan reading of I broke I the plate. I'm such a clumsy fool. <laughs> so 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 funny. The paper um, lines are
1: so good, then they're all folded up like Sophia's been working on them yeah. on the earth, carrying them around. You can with punch her. it
0: up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I yeah, I, I can't.
1: It's like, the writing I can punch up. The um
0: the B story is so 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 funny. It's like Pretty much only funny which it has to be because the a story is so yeah. heavy um and exactly. i think they do a really good job with like the production too of like kind of cutting in between um because it yeah. it would be hard just to watch blanche there and you know like well, i think um the the when they go to the graveyard scene which like again flexing that that set budget and outdoor graveyard set budget
1: hell yeah and like a drapey southern graveyard too i don't right. know if you've ever been to a cemetery in atlanta i've been to like a cemetery in atlanta and it, it fucking looks like that yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, it's yeah crazy. Totally.
0: they're big big mommy yeah. and big daddy they're gonna have big gravestones
1: <laughs> big gravestones exactly exactly so i think it's really lovely i love when the girls monologue to somebody who's gone because i also mm-hmm. think it's like a really great just example of like processing your feelings <laughs> you yeah. know like anything having to do with being like tough in life. It's almost like when, you know, like Dorothy's writing a letter to her dead father kind of thing. (laughs) After Um, I'm dead, drop me a line. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's always a shame when your child loses it before you. Um, But but, like even just that of just like how complicated grief is, like we've been talking about this entire episode and how weird it is and like, how you have a lot of feelings. It's like, that's that's kind of the reason in a lot of ways behind why people who aren't even religious or like believe that your body has to be in the ground in a certain way or whatever, for you to go to heaven, whatever crap that is, but like a marker of somewhere you can go to or a plaque or a special spot or like something like that to actually like deliberately reflect uh, upon somebody who's, who's passed away, I think is really important. And I think it's like, it's just, I, I really enjoy how she frames the speech and how she expresses regret but also mostly about how you know that she really loved him and she's like does a lot of self-reflection of like how she was super selfish and like unfortunately i think she's counting this particular instance which as we've well established we don't think is really very valid but it doesn't change the fact that yes blanche devereau inherently is a selfish person (laughs) most of the time so it's kind of a nice reflection uh, on just her entire life, when she's like, "I'm going through the photo albums and like, I realize I was a fucking handful," you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Thank you for loving me, thank you for supporting me. Um, it's really lovely. It's a it's a very lovely speech.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I think that um, sort of my my big takeaway um from this is like, I feel that media and um, just like the societal narrative of old people is like, you get old and you lose people, and like the dehumanization of the elderly i think allows also for this idea that like it doesn't it doesn't suck when your father dies when you're in your 50s right like it's still yeah. like she's still grieving as though like as anyone else would if you lost your parent and i think like it's really sort of important to have this one, particularly when we know a type revenge is coming, because like, I think universally people agree that like losing a child is, you know, um, like the worst thing a parent can go through, of course. But I, I think that there is this sort of, and I am guilty of this too, of like thinking like, oh, like, you know, he's old, he lived a good life, which is true, which is definitely true. But I think it yeah. allows sometimes to remove the emotional weight of what the loved ones are feeling. I think that happens sometimes Mm. with like a spouse um, as well. Uh, So I think it's really, in addition to all of the other like good parts of this episode, I think it's just really important to have an older woman grieving and having that moment of like, you know, she has that, I'm nobody's little girl anymore line, which is really, really tough, but just even without Mm. any of that, just to have her, losing a parent and dealing with it i think yeah. is pretty significant
1: exactly i think you're right i'm like to show how painful it is and can be you know i mean like oh yeah and that's like
0: really don't police the yeah, grief. So- i think that's totally right like you you've got to yeah. do it in your own way and like you don't get to put your stuff or the way that you would process or are processing on other people and that's hard you know i think that's like a, a conscious decision but um you have yeah. to you have to let people
1: deal. Totally, and you have to let yourself deal in the right way too, like not have a guilt trip, which I think is hard because Blanche does have this sort of guilt trip a little, you know, yeah. in her speech at the end. But, but it's coming from a, a better, reflective place, I think, than just like a knee jerk. So yeah, take a lesson yeah, from Mrs.
0: Beatty.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. If you um,
0: <laughs> I'm do them all the holding
1: on my own. <laughs> Uh, oh my God. That was, that took me back. What a great episode. Um, <laughs> but to your point about the, like, you know, I'm no one's little girl anymore. And like where Dorothy has that really poignant line where she's like, yeah, I like, I'm anything good happens to me. I'm still so excited to come home and tell my mom, you know, like yeah, that's so yeah. that's such a sweet line and just like, Oh, get you in the gut right there. Pretty wild. Oh, it really
0: does. Um, I'm glad we end with a just, dig at Republicans. <laughs>
1: well yeah well of course (laughs) but um actually I do want to end with one other sort of like pseudo reminder reference of like when when she's like I'd give anything you know if I could uh when you know Blanche is talking to him at the end and like she Dorothy comes and says Blanche (laughs) it totally reminds me of like thanks for the lovely prayer yeah
0: totally always the voice of God
1: Always the voice of God or somebody dead, you know, coming down on high. Oh, it's great. Oh man, but yeah, but this it's it's a great one, and as always, I'm I'm you know great uh, grateful for a rewatch, even if I maybe avoided it in the past.
0: Yes, and I will be so continuing to avoid it in the future. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Too many, too much emotion.
0: Turned All off. right, um,
1: awesome. All right, well, join us next time. We're going to discuss the best way to get your house to smell like kippers. <laughs>